When I work with clients, I talk a lot about the five C's, which are consistency, commitment, community, coaching, and for my high achievers, a touch of competition, friendly competition. Last week, we talked about consistency. This week, I want to chat with you about commitment. Hey there, Kelly Howard here, and I work with busy professional women and entrepreneurs who are tired of putting everything and everyone first before their own well-being. I have helped hundreds of women step into their power when they learn to step up and own their own fitness and health. You're going to master how to transform your life from someone who often knows what she should be doing but may not be doing to someone who takes inspired actions consistently. If you're ready to get your energy back, have a schedule and habits that work for you, and feel pretty darn good when you look in the mirror, this podcast is for you. I am so honored you are here. I don't take your time lightly. Thank you for joining me this week and listen in. I'm a bit of a cheerleader. No doubt about it. I don't like negativity and I don't like starting on a low note, but today I'm actually going to start on a low note. So I want you to think about a time that you set a goal, something that you said you wanted and that you didn't follow through, something you didn't reach. Get that goal in your mind. And then I want to know why why it didn't happen. I'm willing to bet that part of the reason it didn't happen was you just simply didn't want it enough, right? You weren't committed to it. So let's talk about commitment. I have a friend who's also one of my clients, and she has an amazingly bad reaction to wheat. Like when she eats wheat, her body does not respond well at all. But she won't stop eating wheat. So we were talking about this one day and she actually said to me, she said, you know, I would say that if wheat would kill me, then I could quit eating it. But since the stakes aren't high enough, I'm not willing to stop. I'm not pointing fingers. I have certainly been there. I have a habit of having sugar in my coffee for all my life practically. When I was a kid, like about eight years old, I was like a voracious reader. And I wasn't allowed to read my dad's books. I wasn't allowed to read his fiction books. So what I would do is I'd wait till everyone went to sleep at night. Then I would get the book that I'm reading. I would go back into my bedroom. I'd get under the covers, turn on the flashlight, and I would read all night. Like, that's what I did every night. And then my mother would come in to wake me up for school, and she couldn't get me out of bed because, of course, I'd been reading all night instead of sleeping. She was a working mom, and she had to get going. And what she decided to do was just to start giving me coffee in the morning. So at about eight years old, my mother would come in. I know now this sounds awful, but she would come in with a cup of coffee with cream and sugar in it. And that's how she'd get me up every day. So I've got this long-term habit of having sugar in my coffee. And so what I noticed was that I had said that I was going to going to quit drinking sugar in my coffee. Like That just isn't the great way to start the day. And first I was fairly, you know, I was doing a good job of it. And I was using stevia or I was drinking black coffee or whatever it was. And then one day I thought, ah, it's the weekend. I can have some sugar in my coffee. Now, of course, you know where this is going because as soon as you fall back into that habit, well, you know what happens. So first it was just the weekends. Then it was, well, this coffee is different than the old coffee. So I'm going to have this. So boom, right back into my habit of sugar in the coffee. And I will say, I have something that I'm going to 
make a declaration on for the next 90 days, but it's not the sugar in my coffee yet. I'm not quite ready to do that one. And the reason is, is that, well, not the reason is, but I will say that there is a big difference between saying that I'm going to try, like I did, I'm going to try and, you know, have less sugar in my coffee or try and not have sugar in my coffee and saying that I'm committed. In fact, such a difference that I'm willing to stop for just a second and actually read to you the definition of try versus commit. So the definition of try in its actual word is simply to make an attempt or to make an effort. Try is like, try doesn't count. Like that is a word to remove completely from your vocabulary. I mean, the definition of commitment is the state or quality of being dedicated. So that's like, you're going to do something. That's your commitment. So lose the word try. I mean, try doesn't count. If you find yourself saying that you're going to try something, then know that you're really not planning on being committed to it. What that means is that when things get hard, if we don't have a commitment to it, we're just going to go back on the easy stuff, the things that... Fitness is as much a mind game, a mindset, as it is anything else. And so is being committed. I think it was Jack Canfield of the Chicken Soup for the Soul uh, series who coined the phrase, 100% committed is easy, 99% committed is a bitch. Think about that for just a second. Like seriously, to move the needle forward, you really do need that 100% commitment. Start small. Pick one thing that you want to change. And then ask yourself, if I change that thing, where would I be in 90 days? What would it do to make my life better? What would it do to do whatever it is that you want to accomplish? And do, like, pick 90-day periods. I've been doing group coaching and small accountability groups for a while in my business. And what we've done is we tried two different time periods. One of them was we tried six months, and then we also tried 90 days. And what I found was that when we had groups of people who had six-month goals, like the goals were six months out is when they would accomplish it. It was just too long. Like it just people would peter out along the way. And so what we did was we dialed it back to 90-day periods. We just do like three-month periods, basically 90 days. And it was so much easier to achieve because it was tangible and it was right there. And it didn't require this long runway toward the goal. So we would break things into just quick 90-day periods. Whether the goal was, let's say the goal was, I don't know, I'll use one of mine. I'm doing a century, I think I mentioned last time, in, I think it's, oh, probably, it's probably 10 months away, right? Way too far for me to just say, okay, this is what my schedule is going to be like over the next 10 months. So I just break it down into small three month increments of this is what I want to be writing at the end of 10 or at the end of three months. So look at that and just say, okay, what is something I want to do in three months? Cause that is really the sweet spot. Um, 90 days. By the way, I'll be opening up a new group very soon. So if you want to learn more, just email me directly, which is kelly at fitisfreedom.com. Or you can drop by the website and just send a note through the comments, which is fitisfreedom.com is the website. So that'll be coming up in the next, uh, pretty soon if you're listening here when we go live. So what are you 100% committed to for the next 90 days? You might want to go back and just listen to the last podcast where I talked a bit about micro goals, 
just like little bitty, super small goals, almost like nano goals is what I prefer to think of them as. And what you do is you break that commitment into super small steps. Something that is so manageable every day that you see forward progress. Set yourself up to win. If you need to get buy-in from the people in your life, then you need to do so before you get going. I know I had a friend of mine who she and her husband had the habit of having ice cream every night. They'd sit in front of the TV and they'd have a bowl of ice cream and they'd watch something. She started thinking that that probably wasn't the best thing for her or her waist and she wanted to quit doing it. So she told her husband, you know, I'm going to quit eating ice cream, but you know, you do whatever you want to. So instead of him helping her, what he would do is he'd be like, Oh, I'm going to have some ice cream. Oh, this ice cream is so good. Mm. It's a zero buy-in, zero buy-in from her husband. So what she did, I mean, she was very fortunate. She was the person who did the grocery shopping in the family. So she simply quit buying the ice cream. And when he did come home with ice cream, it just went in the garbage. So (laughs) I know sounds a little extreme, especially those people who love ice cream, but she had to do it because it was what she was committed to. He got in the habit of having his ice cream when he was at work if he wanted it. She was okay. So get the buy-in from the people around you. And then the last thing I'd like you to do is the first thing every day, and if possible, the last thing every day, is just simply write down your commitment. Like, what are you committed to? What are you going to do the next day? This is such a small, small thing. It shouldn't take you 15 seconds, right, to do it. But you wake yourself up with your commitment. You put yourself to sleep with your commitment. And then go ahead and write down what you're going to do the next day to move the needle forward. Or if it's in the morning, what you're going to do that day to move the needle forward. Remember to think about the idea of 100% committed. And it's so very true. When you're 100% committed, you'll find the time, you'll find the way, you'll find the mindset, you'll find what you need to make your step the next day. And I know I sound a little bit like I'm on a soapbox, but it's so, so very true. Every win leads to another win. And fitness is much a mind game as it is a movement game. So don't miss next week because next week we're going to be talking about the third C, which is community. And it's such a big role in our health, our wellness, and our mental game too. So see you there. Thank you so much and have a wonderful week. Thank you so much for listening to this entire podcast. That tells me that you're a finisher, someone in the top 1% and the kind of person I love hanging around with. If you found value in this podcast, chances are your friends will too. I would be so grateful if you would share it with your friends and colleagues. And if you could do me a really big favor, give me a rating wherever you listen in. It really helps me get the word out. If there's anything I can do to support you, or if you have a question, drop me an email at support at fitisfreedom.com. Of course, that's support at fitisfreedom.com. I may even use your question on a future episode, anonymously, of course. As always, this podcast would not happen without Riley and all the guys at podigy.co. If you have a podcast and you want to work with the best of the best, drop by podigy.co and tell them I sent you. Thank you again so much for joining me. I can't wait to connect next week and I will see you then. Bye-bye.